are listening to a Bucking Spurs podcast. I'm Robert Trejo, Roberto Trejo Jr. with some salsa, if you like it like that. This episode, we're going to talk about DeMar DeRozan. I guess he's going to get traded. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors out there. I am actually think uh, there's a few confirmed sources, reliable sources, that the Spurs are taking calls about him and, and what his availability is like. And, and so we'll see who wants him. Um, we'll see how this unfolds. We're going to talk about that in this pod. We're going to talk about should he get traded and all this. Why would he get traded? Um, we're going to talk about all that and more. We're going to talk about the Summer League guys and Drew Ebanks, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, Quindary Weatherspoon, uh, Luca Smonage, kind of like a final review on these cats before we go into the summer and we don't hear anything about them for the next you know, two, three months until September. Uh, some of the things that maybe they should work on, some of the things that they do well that I see that can help us, what their outlooks look like and what type of players that they can be and grow into with the San Antonio Spurs. Talk about that and more. Uh, but first, there's a beat that Sarah Nova got to drop. Oh yeah, this one. pod i want to do a whole pod and i probably still will i still will i'm going to get into it a little bit later about going over our young guys and what they need to improve on and what they showed in the summer league i want to get into all of that but demar Derozan is on the trading block supposedly multiple sources confirmed it that teams are calling and i guess the spurs are answering but is i mean that's normal you know like when a call comes in you listen maybe i mean good to know what options are out there are we going to trade him? I don't know. I just – I don't see them. This is kind of weird. I don't see us training him – trading him right now. We just kind of geared up for this next two-year run. Why Why now? I mean, are we that – did we just make a decision on that we're going to go with DeJounte, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker? Like, are, are we going to run with that at the guard spot? And he, you know, is DeMar DeRozan expendable? I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's on the trading block. That's interesting. Uh, supposedly that we're looking at trading him to the Bulls or to the Knicks that are interested in him. And I don't see what we trade him to any of those teams for, to be honest, um, besides draft picks because they're both going to be in the lottery the next few years. Um, so I don't know. A lot of people right now on social media are talking about DeMar DeRozan and a lot of people it's mixed feelings a lot of people like him and they love him the way the way he plays for us and he does he did a had, had a fantastic year a lot of people are saying all right I'm not surprised uh get him out of here um really don't care you know hearing a lot of those from Spurs Nation so mixed feelings my feelings are I I'm not surprised honestly I I my two episodes or three episodes ago I talked about about him the episode was Spurs Wave um, so I don't know. You know, if we get rid of him, what are we getting back? I guess that's the question. You know, I don't know. I think 
I think that we're if we trade DeMar DeRozan, then there's a possibility that you know if we don't trade him for another All Star to go along with L A and do this L A plus one All Star guy, um, you know, basketball that we want to play, then it might be rebuild time because we have pieces. It's not like we are rebuilding with just draft picks and un unproven commodities. I mean, we have Derek White, Dejounte, Lonnie, Bryn, um, Keldon Johnson's ready to go. Quindary uh, Witherspoon is ready to go. Um, Luca Simonich just needs time. You know, so are we going to run with the young guns? I don't know. Um, and then what? What do we? Then what do we trade Tamar and Lamarcus for? I don't know. You know, if I had to trade anyone for Demar Derozan, and they were like, "Hey, Demar Derozan's calling is getting good value. What do you want? What do you want for him?" Well, there's really only two players in my mind. The first one is one that everyone seems to want, and that's Bradley Bill. And Bradley Beal makes sense because DeMar DeRozan, he gives us 21 points a game. Bradley Beal can give us 18 to 21 points a game for sure. No problem on any giving night. And he doesn't need the ball in, the, in his hands to do it. Much more Clay Thompson-esque, you know, where DeMar needs the ball and he needs to play make and all this stuff. And we have DeJounte coming back. We don't need a playmaker anymore. You know, like we don't, we just, we just need 20 points a game, right? From a two or three guard spot. And, that's where Bradley Beal can come in, and he naturally plays the two, but we'll probably end up doing exactly what we did with DeMar and slide De- DeMar's natural two-guard also. But, you know, we slide that guy down to the three, and we're going small ball, right, with three guards. And that makes a lot of sense, you know. So that's Bradley Beal's one guy I wouldn't mind. Gordon Hayward's another one out there. Gordon Hayward is like a natural three, small forward type player, and if he gets healthy, he can do a lot. He can play make. He can do really well in our system. I think he's a heady guy like that, and and we can use him. I, I I would rather have Gordon Hayward at the three spot than Demar Derozan at the three spot. To be honest, to be honest, I mean, I it just makes more sense. I mean, you have Rudy Gay coming off the bench, Demar Carroll, and those are your three guys. You know what I mean? Those three guys going at it every day is 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 something that I would like to see happen for San Antonio. But those are the only two guys that I would actually want. You know, I don't know. If we're going to do this L.A. thing again, so we got L.A., LaMarcus Aldridge, right? And then we got Gordon Hayward. That makes a lot more sense than just because, guys, we have this young group of guards that are so freaking good. Kelvin Johnson's going to be good. Like, everyone's going to be good. Like, Quindary's freaking good. Like, there's not going to be enough minutes. There's not enough minutes to go around. And would you want to hang on to DeMar DeRozan? For the next two years, or do you want to develop some of these young guys like Brent Forbes, who's had a hell of a year, and develop these guys at those with those minutes? It's a real tough question to to ask, you know, because Demar did. He, it's nothing against Demar; he, he played good, but the necessity of having Demar with this young group, I don't know. I'd rather have Gordon Hayward or Bradley Beal. We posted. Uh, follow me on uh, Instagram and all that stuff. We'll be posting stuff about Demar. If something drops with Demar, oh man, what a what a crazy ride this been. Um, I wouldn't doubt if this is just noise and it's just Spurs doing Spurs things and we don't change anything at the end of the day. I wouldn't be surprised about some of that, to be honest. So, All right, so we're, we're going to keep it going. We're going to do a little bit on the Summer League and our young guys, so stay tuned. Okay, so now we're going to have Steven Garcia come in and talk about what he thinks 
Russell Westbrook going to Houston means it's super hilarious. We were at South Padre Island. We were getting a little tipsy. And here you go. We are going to take a quick break just to remind you guys that uh, a Bucking Spurs podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, and now on Stitcher Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find a Bucking Spurs podcast there. Don't forget to rate and comment and subscribe. That really helps us out. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And as always, go Spurs go. Now back to the pod. All right, so goals for the summer. Um, we're going to talk about Luca, Keldon, Quindary, Drew Ebanks, uh, Lonnie Walker. We're going to talk about a little bit of my summer league experience. I want to kind of share that with all my listeners and tell you how badass it was as a Spurs fan. Um, but we're going to talk about these guys. Um, there's something I want to say about these rookies that are coming in year one. And these three guys have been spending a lot of time together uh, over the last few weeks, I think. And um, in the long term, this bond that they're creating now uh, is going to have an effect on what happens on the court. Uh, the coming into the league and experiencing uh, the ups and downs uh, and supporting each other through it, you know, figuring out each other's strengths and weaknesses uh, and trying to help them play the best basketball that they can play together is going to be something special. The relationships that, that the Spurs grow are very special. And um, they're very much off the court type stuff. And so when you get these young kids that are going to be grow, they're going to grow up in this program and together and experience all this stuff. I think in about two to four years, it's going to be something very special. Luca Simonich, uh, we're going to start off the bat with him. He has this one, uh, this dribble behind the back move when he's cutting through the lane uh, in a half court. That move really has some potential. I think that it gives him a different look. Uh, if you saw summer league games, you saw him do that little uh, catch the ball, give you one jab this way, meaning I'm going to fake you right, right? And then he's going to take one dribble to the left and then put it around uh, his back and try to penetrate the lane. And I think that's a sick move. And uh, if he can get that down, uh, he's going to be <laughs> a hell of a player. That's just showing what he's capable of doing. And uh, it's it's he needs to get a little bit stronger. Um, it can be a deadly move, you know, and when he understands how to finish at the rim um, at this level and how to pass off that dribble, to be honest, because Manu would be able to, boom, get by one defender and then kick out to an open shooter and really play make. Um, he needs to improve on his strength and his endurance. I think you can tell that he was being outbodied at the summer league. He uh, looked tired in the first two games. I think he got his wind under him and kind of got the nerves shaken off and, and improved, but his endurance and his strength needs to go up, and, and uh, that's something that's going to take a little bit of time. His rolling and popping needs to work. Um, he's an excellent shooter, so if you see the way he pops in the summer league, um, you can see how he needs to increase his speed on getting to his spot needs to pick and then boom get there quick and once he does that and is able to get his balance underneath him and shoot the ball he's he's going to be something special because he can again he can tack you off the dribble he's huge i mean he's a, he's a big dude at 611 who can get off the dribble very much like kd and andre karolinko i mean that's that's who he said who who he models his game after and i can see that but he's going to knock down that jumper consistently at the three in order to do so um his decision making 
look, he has incredible vision. He's got a rebound um, potential where he gets the ball off a rebound, takes off. Um, there was this one play. Okay, so there was this one play in Summer League, I think it was against Phoenix, where he got the rebound, took off, right? He took a dribble, took a few dribbles, got down court, sized up his guy one-on-one, right? So he sized up his defender and attacked him with the spin move and kicked the ball out to a wide-open shooter and knocked down the three. I mean, like, that's something to go coast-to-coast like that as a big man is special. And his decision-making, he has he showed very good qualities and then kind of kind of poor qualities. He's, he's getting used to the spacing. Um, he can drive and dish t- uh, with the bigs, which is great. Um, it's what I see him doing a lot more of this passing uh, when he drives down the lane because he doesn't have the strength really to go up there and get it and finish at the rim. I mean, some big dudes in the NBA. Um, but he'll be able to come out and be able to create. His decisions need to be decision-making needs to sharpen a little bit. And it'll be good to have like a Manu S type guy um, on our team. And you know what? Manu's going to be in the gym more often than not during the season, like he was last year. And whose hands would wouldn't want anyone else's hands on Luca than Manu? All right, and that's that's going to be something special. Uh, his transition defense is suspect. His half court defense rotations were slow, so he needs to work on those as well. Um, but another thing he did well is that he can score on little guys, on mismatches. When he sprints down the floor, he's really good at sealing his guys early and getting those little mismatches and finishing, and he can put the ball in the hole. So it's not like you can feed into a post that gets a mismatch, but this guy just could not put the ball in the hole off the catch. Well, Luka can. Luka has the ability to finish over small guards and, and smaller players. So he has that going, up, uh, going for him too because we can be able to use him as – a mismatched guy, you know, run pick and rolls, and if they're switching, okay, well, let's put Luca on the on the block, and let's go ahead and feed him the ball. He's going to put in the hole. All right, so now let's talk a little bit about Keldon. Keldon the Hound Johnson. Oh yeah, Luca's the Thread Raven. I'm saying that on every pod until it catches on, baby. Johnson needs to work on a few things that I've seen from the summer league. He comes into the league with a great package, with a great skill set, a great effort level and intensity level that we're on the defensive end I almost think he's ready just to just come in and play um, he's not going to get burned on the defensive end and if you want a guy just to get out there and run and pass the ball Keldon can be that guy but in in that vein passing the ball it's a playmaking skill set you know like he his his shots he's not really coming into the league with the jump shot uh, it's going to go in from time to time uh, right now, he needs to be the guy that catches the ball and, and attacks the rim, catches the ball, uh, has that maybe one or two dribble combo and pulls up. But that's it. Um, you know, the future of you know the future is bright for him because his work ethic is there. It's it's there and it's it's not going to happen in year one. I I don't think so. His playmaking, his extra passes, you know, his his needs to be on point because this ball is going to swing and it's going to move when you're playing with San Antonio. And with his defensive upside, if he can just be a guy that doesn't turn the ball over, um, which he did a very good job not turning the ball over in the in the G League, but it is the G League, all right. So at the NBA level, let's let's see. Uh, he needs to just learn the terminology of what the Spurs do. He's so smart and so skilled and so ready to guard that now he just needs to learn about what we're talking about. Okay, like how do we do things? What do we say? You know, what what are the the calls and responses on the defensive end? 
He needs to learn how we do things, how the gel works, you know. And then once we get that glue in him and really just really, really bring him together for the Spurs style of, of defense, then he's going to be something something very special. Uh, he loves to catch the ball in transition. That's one of the things that he he he's most uh, athletic with and, and where it really shows what he can do on the offensive end is in transition. He wants that ball. He really likes to test his defender on the move. You know, does it before the defense gets set? He wants uh, he wants to use that momentum of that transition break behind him, and when he uses that and attacks the rim, he's he's an excellent finisher and he's strong. You know, he can really cause some damage on the way to the rim. You know, either finishing or going to the, the free throw line. Uh, type of guy. He's the type of guy that that calls the huddle together. You know, like in the G League, he's like because. I mean, in the G League, I'm sorry, in the Summer League, uh, Luca, Keldon, and Quindary didn't play with Lonnie Walker, who has that leadership. And Keldon had a lot of that leadership. He would bring those guys in together in the huddle, and he would, uh, or after after dead balls or before free throws or whatever, and he uh, he's he's pumping guys up. You know, like he's 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 a hound, man. He's a dog. Like he wants everyone to be on the same page as him defensively and I think that's something special you know he's a dog that wants the pack to be strong too um I like Keldon I like Keldon a lot I think he's gonna play let's talk about Quindary Quindary uh showed a lot of poise on the offensive end he showed that he's a four-year college guy that he knows what to do on the catch and he sees the game at a slower uh speed you know so he plays at a more uh intellectual level than an athletic level but he has a very good shot and he can finish he showed a lot of things on offense that i love um some things that he needs to work on is, is maybe his defensive rotations the communication and his one-on-one defense i think just all defensive in general not that he got beat because he didn't and he made he's a he's a very good help defender there was a lot of times where people were getting beat and he was there and help ready to ready to make a play on the ball but unlike keldon where keldon is great off the ball and on the ball, um, you know, uh, Quindary needs a little bit of work. His one on defense needs a little bit more seasoning. You know, with the San Antonio Spurs salt that they're going to sprinkle over him, you know, as he cooks uh, for the next few years. He has the ability to finish, man. I mean, this guy can really create. You know, he he has vision. Uh, even at, at the G League, he looked a little bit too—I mean, sorry, at the Summer League, he looked a little bit too easy for him. Um, but he, you know, while he's spending most of his time in Austin, because I think that's where he's going to be, I can really see him going through a Derek White curve where, you know, they really do uh, do a great job in Austin. And I can see them giving the reins to Quindary and saying, all right, this is going to be your team. This is your team. You might not be here every game, but we're going to focus on creating an offensive scheme that's going to speed up the transition of, uh, learn the learning curve for Quindary, and he's going to dominate. I can see him being a huge part of what he does. I mean, I, I can see him being a huge part of what we do in the future when we move away from Patty Mills and Marco at some point. Um, I can see Quindary being a guy that's that's stepping into those roles for us, coming off the bench um, at guard. Okay, let's talk about Drew. So Drew has a low-key monster leap. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but he can really bounce when he gets off the floor and when he bounces and he's all the way out there uh he can finish he can finish at the rim uh his law potential is really high i feel like he needs to work on his pick and roll game and his finishing off the catch because 
you know, when he catches the ball on the block, Drew Ebanks is is a hell of a of a low post score. I think he he has good moves down there uh, or off the rebound, right? But when he needs to work in space off a roll pass, you know, or or off a lob, that's the next stage of his game. You know, his jump shot is also there. Like it's, it's a small little plant. The the plant has sprouted for Drew with his jump shot. We got to see it grow. Um, he he needs to work on his fouling maybe i mean he's a hell of a defender um hell of a defender he's, he needs to be on the floor and to be a to be a elite defender you know that takes learning how to stay in the game and so drew needs to defend without fouling and once he has that down jesus christ you know his chase down blocks are are unbelievable um other than that drew had a hell of a summer league and i really want to see drew if drew is not on our roster I'm going to be very sad. I'm going to be very sad because this is a guy who's earned it. This is a guy who showed right now in the in the summer league that that level of playing in Austin is already too easy for him, and he needs to be challenged. And I think uh, the NBA level is where that's going to happen. So Lonnie Walker is where we're going to finish off, and I, we've been talking about him for the last few episodes um, because we're all really excited to see what he's going to blossom into. Um, he can catch and shoot. You know, He's deadly off the dribble. You know, um, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but it's because he's so good at the pull-up jump shot off the dribble and finishing at the rim. And, oh, my God, does he finish at the rim? That's why he doesn't shoot a lot of threes. And at some point, he will need to, uh, just like DeMar DeRozan, and it's only going to expand his game. Um, You know, and and not only that, a three-point shot is necessary for San Antonio, and we don't shoot a lot of threes, but the threes that we do shoot, See, in, in the nature of the San Antonio Spurs offense, there will be plenty of times where at the end of a rotation of the ball, right, on offense, the ball gets swung around, penetrated, kicked out, and it ends up in the hands of a wide-open shot for a wide-open shot, either in the corner or on the wing. You know, we're, you're going to have to take that shot and need to knock it down consistently um, to take minutes away from anyone like Bryn, Patty, or, or Marco, at least this year. And we're expecting Lonnie to play this year. So in order to him to get those minutes, that three-point shot's going to have to be there, at least off the catch, that you know you can't attack the rim every time. And sometimes the, the way the offense has worked, we've just worked really hard to create a three-point shot opportunity. And we've got to have a guy that can knock it down. And I think he will. And he showed in summer league that he can hit the three, but his game is more attack off the dribble, and, and that's fine. You know, it's just going to see how we use him. But if he wants to take that next step, um, maybe like at midpoint through the year, um, he's going to have to knock down that three. Okay, so the Summer League experience, man, oh my goodness. Like, it was so much fun. If you're a lover of the game of basketball, I suggest if you're going to take any trip throughout the year and you want to go to Vegas, go to Vegas during the summer when the Summer summer League is there. Because you know how it is like when you go to a, a NBA game, at least for in San Antonio, uh, you can't sit anywhere from where your ticket. The ushers there are on point. Everyone in that gym uh, is all the ushers and security are like hunting down people who are not supposed to be in their seats. They're almost too good at it. And um, it's very restricted. It's a very restricted environment when it comes to being in the gym, which is good. That's that's a good thing for the NBA. But the summer league is the complete opposite of that, man. Like everybody is just walking around like you're seeing legends come out of the, the restroom, the men's room. Like, straight up, uh, my dad and I were walking after the Toronto game, and 
we're just we, like we just walked around the loop two times, you know, around the arena, and we're just seeing who we're gonna see. And guess who we saw? We saw uh, Sam Cassell. He, I was like, Dad, that was Sam Cassell. He goes, What? Really? Yeah, one of the best point guards to ever do it. That's right. He just walked into the men's room. I was like, Let's go in there. Let's go get him. <laughs> let's go. Let's go see if we can get a picture with him in the men's room, right? No, we waited for him to come out and kind of just caught him and. Uh, the dude was was nice enough to take a picture. My dad's a huge Sam Sam Cassell fan, a little bit more in in his time, you know. Um, remembers him from the Houston Rocket days and and the Minnesota days and things like that. So that was special, you know. Check out that opportunity. Fucking bumped into to an NBA legend. We walked right by Tom Thibodeau, taking pictures with these two guys, like holding this fake ass smile, and it looked like he was just holding it. He didn't want to move or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I'll take a picture, I guess, you know, Tom. Tom Thibodeau, um, but he did. He took a picture of the dude. As soon as I walked in the back gym, because there's two gyms, and and they're both great, but when in the back gym, everything's like obviously smaller. Everyone's closer together. As soon as I walked in, I saw Reggie Jackson, Victor Oladipo, uh, uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, when we're watching the Spurs, Dejounte Murray and 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 Rudy Gay were right there. I saw a bunch of people walk. Siakam walked walked right by me. Um, dude, I saw Austin Rivers at the at the at the win, <laughs> at the win in Las Vegas, we were watching uh, Le Rev, the show Le Rev. It's like a water show. Holy shit, that that show was amazing. Walking there into the 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 casino, we saw Austin Rivers, and he was hanging out with two dudes. And man, Austin Rivers is tall, man. He was a tall, motherfucker, man. I, you know, on TV he doesn't look that tall. On TV he looks just like a small shooting guard, almost like a combo guard. But that dude was like six five, six six. Like that guy's that guy's. I guess so. And then we saw, after we left that show, I saw Tim Hardaway Jr. on the streets. I think that was Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm pretty damn sure. I mean, I, I saw all these other dudes. Yeah, and it was pretty awesome. I mean, we saw R.C. Buford. I mean, Spurs, that, Spurs, we saw, you know, a lot of cool things. But, I mean, just general NBA. We saw, we saw got to see New Orleans play, but Zion wasn't playing. We got there the day after the earthquake game. Um so Zion was was there. He was just benched, but we got to see a lot of those young guys too. We saw the Bulls and the Celtics play. So I saw Taco Charlton. I saw uh, uh, Edwards play for the Celtics, knocking down threes. And that dude's that dude's tough. Um, Hayes, oh my God, the kid out of Texas for hate for New Orleans. That guy was dominating the boards and just dunking over. Oh my gosh, look at his dunk highlights from the summer league. Hayes, I, I can't. I think Cameron Hayes. I'm not sure, but he. Tore shit up. Okay, we saw White, Kobe White, play for for the Bulls. So, so, and, and the thing is, they're right there. They're like literally right there. And it's general seating. So you're buying tickets. You're not. You don't have a, a seats. You're just you're in the gym. You know, and you, there's some ropes and barriers that have you know private access or whatever. But those are small. And like, there's only some of that. You know, so it's for the most part. I got on the jumbotron two times. I had a Buckingham's podcast on. That was awesome. I came out on the Spurs uh, official Instagram summer league like photos like one of them was of me and my dad it was freaking awesome like how badass is that shout out to spurs for for putting me on there um it was awesome it was just an awesome experience if you love the game you got to get your ass to summer league at least once or twice man you're you're gonna you're gonna thank me i took a picture with ben moore right he's on our he was on our roster last year at the end of last year never suited up though but he was on our g league team we're not bringing him back or whatever but i just saw him on the hallway dude was like sending a text or something to his girl you know or whatever i don't know what he was like, yeah, man, I'll take a picture. Well, yeah, whatever. But he was cool. Dude, we took a picture. Dude, that was freaking badass. Like, oh, my God. You know, there's just so many people. The the list can go on and on of, of people who we saw. You know, and to see, you know, if you go to a game, yeah, you're going to see the other team. But 
they're going to be far away and, and you see the coaches or whatever kind of they come out or whatever and then they go back yeah that's it you know and you see these dudes actually hanging out chilling talking to each other like i saw um, quinn cook right from the warriors he was there uh it was awesome it was just an awesome experience all right so that's going to do it for this pod um this has been a big episode for i mean a big month for a bucking spurs podcast um I'm not going to like announce it until the end, but we had a lot of growth, just say that, in our downloads and, and content viewed. And that's a big testament to you guys that are listening and subscribing and shouting out, you know, Bucking Spurs podcast and, and whatnot. Thank y'all, Spurs Nation. Hey, we're all here together. I love y'all. Thank you so much. I'm going to do a whole episode thanking you guys once the, at the end of the month actually ends, or July actually ends, and I have the total count for the month. Um, but it's very special. It's very special to me. And thank you guys. I want to thank you all. And uh, as always, go Spurs go. Right.